Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. installment of the Run to Daylight podcast for one week season, week 12 player grid. I'm your host, Todd from PA, at Todd from PA. And on a week where Al Smizzle said at least 14 times that he hates this slate on the uh, DK Edge playbook podcast, I think we hate this slate. But as always, we feel that we have an advantage with the analysis done by Mr. JM to win. We will be covering his uh, player grid. We will also be call, uh, covering some off-the-board plays. And unfortunately, I am calling this episode the What do you think about this guy pod? Because on a week where there's only one Tier 1 play and it's Matt Ryan, I think that uh, we're going to have a lot of, what do you think of this guy? Uh, I'm joined, as always, by Mark Garcia uh, at HiloFF. If you follow him on Twitter, uh, he will probably follow you back. If you follow me during the podcast, I will follow you back. And uh, its uh, I guess it's Patrick Laird week if I check Twitter too often. Um <laughs> I watched uh, I watched Davis Maddox uh, feed like a hawk, as everyone knows. And, uh, you know, anyway, a little humor there. Uh, Toss-up, uh, Davis Maddox or the Ball Blast Girls? Um, only a few people get that, uh, that humor. Sorry to be so negative. Uh, but I just woke up from a nap, and I'm feeling a little cranky. I'm like a three-year-old. So uh, we're going to get Mark in here in a moment. Next week, Mark will not be joining us. He is on family time, and I will either find us someone new, uh, find us someone good, or just do it myself. So, uh, But we will have a pod next week, and uh, if you are someone who thinks you should be on the pod next week, DM me and tell me why. I am open to suggestions. Don't get your feelings hurt if I say no. Uh, That's prerequisite one, but uh, we're going to get into this. Last week was a very good week for me. I more than doubled up, and uh, as often, I was very close to a bigger week. But uh, Curtis Samuel and Miles Sanders crushed me. Uh, I still finished something like 61st or 5th in the spy, and... uh, will take a good week any week. So uh, without further ado, I, I, I do want to have one short, you know, I do these little sessions where I, I talk to you guys about strategy, 
You know, and it's funny because I, I didn't mean to copy what JM does in the beginning of the Angles pod. It just kind of happened that way. But this week I want to talk to the people who aren't doing somewhat so well. I, occasionally I get a, a, a you know a, a DM or a tweet from someone who just says I, I keep losing. It's very frustrating, and I feel your pain because that was my experience my first couple years in DFS. Um, I always managed to get close to breaking even, but um, you know it just seemed like every week within 15 minutes of the one o'clock games kicking off, I felt like I was already dead. Um, and I, I just want to give you this message: if this, if you're new at DFS and you're, you know, on one week season and you're listening to us and all these things, don't get discouraged. It can take a while to get this whole thing. Keep working the process. Keep trying to learn. Keep trying to figure out what works for you. And as always, we're here to help you. So, short and sweet this week, Mark. Come on in. How you doing? Good, man. Always glad to be here. Yep. Sorry. Next week, taking the kids the old Disney World vacation, so I won't be able to do the pod. So while uh, while uh, Mark does uh, the Chevy Chase impression, you know, uh, are you driving to Disney World, Mark? We are. We're making the trek from Virginia down there, about 13 hours. We do it every year. It's not going to be our last year because we're moving, so going to make it big. Good, good, good. So, um, you know, um, right before the show, I said to you, I, 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 Mark's friends with Robert Dorito, give him some good picks and he'll be your friend. So Robert just tweeted at me. So I figured that I would shout him out, friend of the podcast, Robert Dorito. Is that his real name? Yeah, he's a, it's, face is actually shaped like a Dorito from what I've heard so <laughs> all right Only with that, being, with, that, uh, with that, that being said well. let's get to the quarterback position um because I don't want to think about a guy whose head's shaped like a Dorito for the rest of the freaking <laughs> episode all right tier one quarterback we've got Matt Ryan tier three we've got Russ and Baker so that's that's a pretty tight group. Um, Matt Ryan right now is looking like he's going to have plus 20% ownership. Uh, a few weeks back, and I heard this on uh, one other podcast, you know, we thought that uh, Russell Wilson was going to be chalk. He wasn't, and he was the slate winner. I just don't see Ryan escaping uh, big ownership this week, Mark, because there really isn't a lot of great pivots. Yeah. So in cash, I'm, this is primarily a GPP pod, but I'll throw a cash plug. I think you just got to bite the bullet and pay for Ryan this week. Cause like you said, there's really not a lot of floor and ceiling mix quarterbacks on the slate. And he definitely provides probably the highest ceiling on the slate and a rock solid floor, but We'll uncover, or I I have a few quarterbacks in the lower price range that I'm paying down for that I think makes sense. Uh, They don't offer the same floor and the same ceiling, but there is enough overlap to feel comfortable with the savings. Ooh, pray tell. Um, I was going to go in a different direction next, but since I, 
who don't go, you know, uh, last week I paid up for Lamar Jackson. The week before I almost paid up for Lamar and lost because I switched at the last moment. Uh, and and for the most part, I've been paying up for the last four or five weeks, often for Lamar. Uh, I don't see Matt Ryan in that same way. And I've got a low price quarterback as well. So, I don't think we're on the same guy, but let, let, let's hear who your low price favorites are. My favorite down in that low range is actually Nick Foles. Um, and a couple reasons. I like the over in that game. Uh, first of all, I don't. You, you, like, lar- you like large babies, baby arms with uh, apples in their mouth? This is correct. Okay, just checking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a it's like a baby arm with a hole in an apple. Uh, anyway, that was a, that was an Al, that was an Al Zayden self joke, and I just stole it. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I there's very the way that Jacksonville's defense and Tennessee's defense are set up is they create a very clear path for the most likely scenario for success. What I mean by that is looking at Tennessee's defense they're very um, very stout against the run ranking what is it fourth in DVOA against the run and then all the way down at 22nd against the pass and it's kind of the inverse for the Jags D where they're 11th in DVOA against the run uh, correction against the pass and they're um, 30th DVOA against the run so what this kind of in my mind likely scenario what this sets up for me is both teams, we know kind of their identity. They want to attack via the run. I think one is going to have more success than the other, being mainly Tennessee, uh, with Jacksonville just getting gashed week after week against the run. So we'll cover running back plays later. Uh, going into kind of the funnel of the defense for the Jaguars, sorry, for the Titans, uh, they're best attacked through the air. All right. Another so who piece are of some- that. Who are your other – um, Yeah, hit me with your other – that, that's not mine, so keep shooting. All right. The other one I like down there is Jeff Driscoll, and the reason uh, that I think he is cash and GPP playable is the kind of uh, added floor and ceiling that he's added with his legs so far. So 37 and then 51 rush attempts with that touchdown uh, – or sorry, rush attempts, rushing yards. Uh, and then adding that touchdown last week on the ground, he's shown the ability to escape the pocket and, you know, add a little bit on the ground. So he's not my favorite play, uh, but down there, if you're hunting for value, you can do worse than Driscoll this week. Yeah. I started the week pretty hot on Driscoll. Uh, I'm at a place right now where I've only got, you know, a couple lineups and um, you know, I think Driscoll, you know, all right, so this goes back to some strategy for this week, which I kind of meant to cover up top, but I got goofy instead. So we we talk a lot, Mark, about um, the type of week it is and how we're going to attack it. Uh, one thing for sure is uh, right now I'm about three, two to three hundred dollars less invested in this week than I am normally over the last three or four weeks. And and the reason is because it is such a tough week. Uh, I, I felt a little bit better as I got through the last of my studying, you know, main studying, but it's a tough week. So I was looking at, 
has an interesting way to attack this week. Uh, rather than a big, you know putting a lot of my money in a single lineup, taking five lineups with five different games, you know, have one lineup be like my best lineup, and then have four lineups that have a, a good bit of ownership that are based around game stacks. JM has talked a lot about this on the Angles pod, and we also, you know, it's kind of one of our advantages that we've been talking about. And I think this slate, because there's not a lot of good spots, I think there's four or five spots that are under the radar this week that could go off. So that's kind of how I'm looking to do it. And Driscoll was definitely one of those scenarios where I could see that game being more explosive than people expect and Driscoll being in a good spot. Yeah. And I think a lot of, a lot of the, I guess, what will create a higher percentage of that game going off, I think is the best way to put it is if Adrian Peterson does not play. If, and I think, again, that's another layer to that, like JM covered in the angles pod is going to be whether or not Chris Thompson is active. If Chris Thompson is active, I think they're going to rest Adrian Peterson, which means now you have Geis and Thompson playing running back and splitting that backfield as opposed to Adrian Peterson and Geis. And that, is, that provides a much more spark to that offense, and it provides a likelier scenario for that game to turn into fireworks and kind of along that line, thinking lines that you're alluding to. Yep. So um... – do you have any other low price guys you're on before, before I give you mine? Those are really the only. Those are really the only two. Shoot. Aha. All right. So one of those game stacks that I you know that we're going to see a good bit of ownership on this week. Uh, there's you know right now Baker Mayfield is looking at 17% ownership. Nick Chubb 18% ownership. Um, they show a hunt at 7%, but I think that's going to be higher, maybe Chubb a little bit lower. We've got OBJ at 22% ownership, Jarvis Landry at 10% ownership, and I'm on the other side of the game. Um, and you, and you can bring team? it back with Brown. I, I'm on your boy Fitz this week. So let, let, me, let, me, uh. let me get into why. And nobody. Nobody. I think I'm the first person, well, definitely the first person that I've heard this week talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I've heard people talk about Devontae Parker. I've heard people talk about Patrick Laird. I've heard people talk about the Browns. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is $5,000. Miles Garrett and Abui are both on suspension. The Browns are injured all through their defense. Um. I, am I crazy to think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a guy, you know, his his worst two games out of the last six or seven, he had two games of 14. So that's the floor, babies. And against a really beat up Browns team, I, I mean, I would prefer it if they were at home. But Ryan Fitzpatrick runs the ball some, just like Jeff Driscoll. He is the type that could run in a touchdown he also could throw three touchdowns to three different guys. Um, 
So I'm more interested in Ryan Fitzpatrick than I am anybody else on the Dolphins. Am I losing my mind, Mark? I don't hate it. (laughs) I I didn't. I thought I would hate it, but I don't hate it. And I honestly, full transparency, I don't. I hadn't considered him, and I think I might go back to the well on that one after we're done here. Um. I think the couple times I've sent you on these wild goose chases, I forget. Have they worked out? I think I'm pretty much 100% of the time I've come back the next Sunday morning and said you're full of shit, but no. I'm no, <laughs> no, no. Like you came back with Philip Lindsay on Philip Win- Lindsay week. You you weren't on. You know, there's been a couple, I think, that you yeah. were like, no, I like it. I like it. And then I just, but I can't remember if they worked or not. But anyway. Yeah, so the, the Lindsay go, one was a big one. The, let's go back up. to, But, I mean, you get my reasoning. You got a guy who's going to be less than 1% owned, according to ownership. He's in a game that people are expecting a lot of offense on. And, uh, uh, you know, and I, I just... remaining aggressive. Yeah, absolutely. And Fitz is, is, you know, I mean, look, you know. I mean, if he gets you 14 points... You're probably not dead at at five thousand on a week where we're not expecting a ton of scoring. But if he puts up twenty five at low ownership, you're pretty live. So, all right, let's go back up top. Um, the other guy that I I, I think is you know right now he's at eight percent ownership. I think he's going to be over ten percent though. Is Russell Wilson? Uh, Philadelphia's defense has been playing better of late but there's still a funnel. And, you know, the big thing with Russ is always throwing the ball. So uh, I I think Russ is going to be one of my quarterbacks. Uh, Driscoll is the guy that um, I'm going to be on. And uh, I'm still deciding on, uh, you know, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to have Matt Ryan, Baker, Russ, um, Driscoll, and – and fits uh, thoughts on uh, you know, the top tier guys. I, I, I think Matt Ryan, I don't mind being under on, but having some uh, Jameis, I'm not on as much. Uh, and that could be a mistake, but he's got high ownership also. It just seems like that game is going to have most of the ownership. Uh, are we missing anything else, Mark? That's really it. And like I said, I was, I'm tending kind of just with my builds to be at the lower range for quarterback this week, just with all the ownership that's going to be congregated with Matt Ryan and at the top. So uh, yeah, that's, that's really all I'm seeing. I think another really sneaky guy is your, your pick from last week, Kyle Allen. I mean, talk about, you know, one of the things I love to do in DFS is, to go back to the guy who completely shit the bed the week before. And, and and that's another game where you, you you know, we're expecting some fireworks. It's on turf. And uh, if that game does blow up, I think Kyle Allen, you know, again, another guy, less than 1% GPP ownership that if you put three or 4% in on uh, and say your prayers, you, you know, is an interesting guy to play. Yeah, that for me, Kyle Allen is viable if Lattimore misses just because of how concentrated he has been on uh, DJ Moore. 
from DJ Moore's prospectus will improve drastically if Lattimore misses. I think, you know, Samuel killed me a couple times now. And, you know, he's the air, air yards darling that just hasn't hit yet. But now we get him on turf, indoors in a dome. And, you know, that's typically when those guys hit. I think he's sneaky this week, too. But we'll get to him in a little bit. Let's move over to the worst running back week in the history of running backs. Um, there's really no one safe up top in Tier 2. We've got uh, Christian McCaffrey at 10,500 in not a good matchup. We've got uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, is he even on the playing grid? No, Jam wasn't on him, but he's the jock. So I don't mind mentioning yeah. him. We've got Hunt, Lindsey, Carson, Sanders, and Montgomery. I think Sanders is going to be chalk. He killed me last week. Uh, but the Patriots scheme to take him away, uh, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to find out Jordan Howard, Jay Ajayi, um, but Sanders, with a lot of ownership, I expect him to be 20% plus. Uh, I, I think that he's a little scary. And uh, Barkley, Snell, Laird, and Fournette are also mentioned in the player grid. One guy who's not mentioned in the player grid that I've seen you talk about on Twitter and is pretty popular out there in general is Derek Henry. Anyone who followed me during the best ball season knows I was way overweight on Derrick Henry, uh, especially on half PPR draft. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not on him this week, even though it's a, a pretty good matchup. Uh, again, a guy like that with ownership, I expect him to be 15 to 20%. He's not right now in our ownership projections, but I expect him to be there. Thoughts on Derrick Henry? I actually really like Derrick Henry this week, and I kind of alluded to it with the overall macro matchup, how that game is likely to play out. And um, the opportunity for Derrick Henry to break a big play is always there, which I really, really like pairing uh, or game stacking that game with Nick Foles, bringing it back with Derrick Henry. And then we'll talk about who I like pairing Nick Foles with uh, here shortly at wide receiver. But um, I, I really like that game. Don't, don't con me, man. Yeah, I'll con Lee you. But I'm pumped. A little uh, foreshadowing there. Uh, yeah, so I really, really like Derrick Henry. Uh, and he's got, what is it, six touchdowns of greater than 60 yards over the last two, three seasons, something like that. Oh, there it is. Man, you're slacking. That was late. <laughs> Uh, and then a guy that, a guy that I know what, Jam what, what is was not I, on. What was I doing? I didn't hear you. I was what? Slacking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I do see is. the two people on the hold. We're, we're you know we'll get back. We're, we're going to do phone calls around nine. I do see two phone calls waiting. Just so every the people who are on know. Go ahead, Mark. The the guy that I really, really like this week that I know Jam is not on, and I'd be interested to hear kind of his final week uh, or end of the week thoughts on him, but with all the ownership in that Browns game going to Baker and his pass catchers between Jarvis and OBJ, 
Chubb sub 10%, I think is what he's projected, 8%, something like that right now. That is that is a mistake. I think I think it's a mistake to not be over overweight on Nick Chubb this week. And I understand people pointing to Kareem Hunt is there now. Well, if you look at kind of Nick Chubb's workload without Hunt and with Hunt, it's really almost unchanged. So what has the hit has been is with without Hunt, he was seeing four targets a game. And now with Hunt, over the last two weeks, he's averaged two and a half targets a game. So really, the in a macro perspective, you're not playing Hunt for his pass-catching role. So but to me, that's not a big hit at all. And the opportunity in a game against Miami to get a running back seeing probably 25 to 28 touches or running back opportunities at sub-8% ownership, that, that just screams be overweight to me. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I was not on him. I like it a lot. Right now, my main lineup, uh, Mark, has both Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara in it. Um, I know this is supposed to be a week when we pay up at uh, at, at wide receiver, but sub-10% Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara in a smash spot where uh, it looks like uh, McCoy, one of the few decent defenders uh, he would normally face, is going to be out. Um, you know, and I get what JM is talking about that Alvin Kamara hasn't broken out yet uh, this year to, to where we say, you know, he hasn't had one 30 point game, and that's really what you want for 8,000. But I really feel like this could be the spot where we get it. I mean, he was hurt a few weeks. uh, And, yeah, he hasn't seemed quite as explosive. But, you know, I I just think that Alvin Kamara, you know, unless something changes my mind, is a guy that, you know, I'll, I'll take Kamara and McCaffrey and figure it out at wide receiver. So my my issue with Kamara is Chubb is sitting there at the same price, basically. Kamara is 8.2. Chubb is 8.1. And with Kamara, you're always betting on efficiency. And when to kind of play Kamara is when you can project that 9 to 10 target game. And I, I just don't know if, for one, if New Orleans is going to be forced to throw that many times this game. Yes, it is a pace-up matchup for them, but I don't see any reason why Latavius Murray isn't, you know, fed increased touches in this game. So I'm a little leery on Kamara, actually, this week at 8.2. Yeah, I I mean, I think that the best argument against Kamara is ownership. And if you feel that you've got a natural pivot in Chubb, I think that that's, you know, that's a really good thing. Um, You know, this is a tough week. I mean, last week I think I came in and I said to you, I'm pretty locked and loaded here. I did make a couple changes on Sunday morning, uh, but I was locked into McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson last week. And it, you know, that's what got me my winning week. So uh, I'm open. I've gone back and forth on Kamara a couple times. Um, so I'm not going to rule it out. So let's, let's go down and look at, 
Le'Veon Bell is a guy who is, you know, $6,400 and has a pretty good workload against Oakland. Are you buying or selling Le'Veon Bell? I think at this point I'm always selling Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I was off him coming into the year, and I uh, one of my better calls of the year. I, I, you come down then to that 5.6 down to 4.7 range, and there's a lot of guys there. There's Miles Sanders. Yep. There is Kareem Hunt. There is Philip Lindsay. Uh, you know, Lindsay and Hunt are going to have ownership. Uh, Miles Sanders is going to have ownership. Uh, two guys that I like in that range who I don't think are going to have any ownership that I think are more more ceiling uh, plays than, uh, well, ceiling. One's is more of a ceiling play. One's more of a floor play. Uh, but the two guys that I'm more interested in is, uh, is Tarek Cohen, who I, I rarely am on, at 4.8, and Geis at 4.7. So the thought process on 4.8 is since uh, letting Mike Davis go, you're seeing, uh, as J.M. pointed out, Montgomery or, or Cohen in every play. And the Giants are bad, and and Cohen is getting touches. And I, I think, you know, again, at low ownership, you know, he's not on my team right now, uh, my main team, but he was. And it's tough to get, you know, if you're going Kamara and McCaffrey like I am, or McCaffrey and Michael Thomas or Michael Thomas and Julio, if you're taking two from that top tier, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. Um, and I, I like Kareem Hunt. I like Philip Lindsay. I think they're good plays. I think Miles Sanders is a, a good play. But for far less ownership, I think Tarek, Tariq Cohen is uh, interesting. And then Geis, I just think that people are missing the boat on this guy this week. Because of the well, AP might play. Let's say AP is 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 playing, but he's got a toe. You know, we we all know how easy it is when you're injured to get tweaked, and you know, and and I don't think you know if Chris Thompson was is is playing, that doesn't get me off guys because Smallwood would play if if Thompson didn't. But Detroit is a really bad run defense this year, and Geis is talented. So uh, right now, Geis is in my main lineup. Now I don't love it. There's I, I already mentioned four other guys who I you know I've been playing around with, but I'd love to get your thoughts on Geis. So for me, we kind of talked about it a little bit uh, earlier. I like Geis if AP is out. Uh, because now he has a more bankable floor than I think if AP were in. So pay close attention to Chris Thompson's status because I think that's going to be the driving factor. Uh, yeah, and I and don't, I'm, I don't and think I'm if, saying I'm saying if AP is in, I'm still going to have guys. I, he might fall out of my main lineup, but I, you know, again. On a week where we're looking for edges, looking for, you know, 
to tell us ourselves a story that we can believe in. I could see Adrian Peterson being active and not getting a lot of touches. Yeah, completely valid. So, um, go ahead. And I think if Peterson is inactive, you're going to see Geist's ownership go up a lot. So, yeah, that's definitely true. One thing I, I forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about our boy Derrick Henry is just how poor this Jacksonville rush defense has been lately. You know, on the season, they're allowing 5.3 yards per carry, which everyone thinks of Kansas City as the defense to attack on the ground. That is worse, Mark, than Kansas City. You look at their last three games, they're averaging 6.3 yards per carry allowed. Another good thing is... I like Henry. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm playing around with him being in my lineups too. I just think he's going to have ownership. And when I have a guy who's got, you know, I mean... You could, even with all this, you could see Henry going, you know, 16 for 88, no touchdowns, and one reception for four yards. Well, let me let me speak to those expected touchdowns for Derrick Henry real quick. He uh, basically... Tell me something the, I already know. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> let's get it. So, Jacksonville Jaguars... Uh, At home, they are middle of the pack in red zone touchdown rate allowed at about 44%. That's above average. On the road, which they're in Tennessee this week, that drops to 66%. So they're allowing a touchdown two out of three times that opposing offenses are entering the red zone. That is monstrous. And I don't think it's fluky. A lot of those, you know, single season stats, home road splits, a lot of it can be fluky. But I don't think so in this in this instance. And where is Tennessee likely going to give the ball, give touches to in the red zone? It's going to be Derrick Henry. So I really I think you know ob- the obvious knock is the passing game rule, the the lack of well, just kind of on the overall state of the slate where they're really we usually we're building around the running back position and making everything else work around it. That we really don't have any locked in, you know obvious break the slate running backs this week. And so I really like both the price point and all these kind of pieces of the puzzle are just fitting together so nicely for Derrick Henry. So I'm actually a hundred percent Derrick Henry at this point. Got it. Um, I mean, you know, it's hard to, it doesn't take a lot to get me to reconsider Derrick Henry. Um, (laughs) And it is, it is a, it is a great matchup. I mean, for my best ball teams, I hope you're right. For my season-long teams, I hope you're right. Uh, for DFS, uh, I just might not end up being there. Uh, all right, so let's look <laughs> at let's look at um, see if there's anyone else that we should talk. Uh, Montgomery is on the player grid. I I'm on uh, Tariq Cohen, who I think is going to be lower owned. Uh, pass on Brian Hill. I mean, how how this guy gets 15% ownership after last week against a better run defense, I don't know. Um, I think James White is someone who's going to get some interest out in the marketplace, Mark. 
I, I think rightly yeah. so. And uh, and someone asked me to talk about Jalen Samuels. I, I get Jalen Samuels, but at 7,200 with uh, Benny Snell back in a game where I don't think they're going to have to throw and drop off the ball as much, I'm not on him. Nope. I think <laughs> it's kind of weird to think of it this way, but I think Pittsburgh is going to – lose the time of possession uh you call it a battle but it's not really a battle this week just because their defense i think could score one or two times so (laughs) yeah yeah i wish i could get up to them um i'm gonna throw out one last name i know it's not patrick laird yeah don't play patrick laird guys jesus please i mean i watched the game just to see if i missed something and, you know, well, you know, uh, he played 23% of snaps and literally four of his five catches or whatever it was, was on that last drive when they were just dinking and dunking, um, you know, pure, mm-hmm. pure, the game's over. Uh, with that being said, as bad as he is, with low ownership in a game where, you know, the Cleveland defense is going to have very, very few of their better players in the lineup. Um, Balazs at 4.4, he scored 12 points last week. He's going to be on the field a lot. Cleveland wasn't great against the run to begin with. Um, God, I'm going to throw up in my mouth, but in the last hour or two, I've been thinking of Balazs. You know something funny? I actually started the week with him in my main build. <laughs> I've since found better value, but I, can, I, I would rather play Belage than Laird this week. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and uh, I know you started the week on Philip Lindsay. I guess you didn't end the week there. Nope. I actually I was waiting to throw my plug in for Lindsay. I'm 100% Derek Henry, and I'm 100% Philip Lindsay rotating in other guys through the flex. So. I like Lindsay a lot this week. All right. Um, the downside is Buffalo. Yeah. You know, so I know I know that Buffalo is better against the run than the pass, but the, I don't think they've given up uh, high-scoring games to running backs. No. So basically, it's a similar situation to the last. Philip Lindsay week uh, against the Chargers where we can just project where or project an increase in touches and with the kind of skill or the the talent that Lindsay has at turning nothing into something, I think that there's just too much upside to neglect at 5.2 on a shitty week for running backs. Got it. Let's move to wide receiver. Um, on the player grid, we've got Michael Thomas in Tier 2. Uh, he's been amazing. Tier 3, we've got Julio, uh, Random Eagles, A-Rob, uh, Patrick in Denver, OBJ, uh, Parker, Chris Godwin, Samuel, and, and Conley. Um, where do you want to start? I know where you want to start. Go ahead, start. I'm actually going to start with Tampa Bay and it's not often that I disagree with JM. And I don't know if I disagree per se, 
But I think looking at that game and how it sets up, the guy likeliest to see the increase in targets on Tampa Bay, we know there's going to be passes to go around. I think that's not Godwin this week, and I think it's actually Mike Evans. Interesting. Well, one of the reasons that I'm not on either of them the last couple of weeks is because I don't want to pay so over 7000 and guess. Um, I, I can, uh, I, I can, uh, I, you know, I can get it. I get it, but uh, I, I'm not going to go there myself. Um, so who are your, so, but the, you were going to talk about Chris Conley. So this is I why allow you to convince me about Chris Conley while I do something else on my computer. All right, perfect. Real quick, though, before we continue there, I want to just talk about my reasoning for the Mike Evans call, and it really boils down to Isaiah Oliver uh, for Atlanta. He plays right side cornerback uh, 80 to 85% over the last five weeks, somewhere in there, uh, weekly snap rate, and that is he's been the most burnable target where Atlanta has basically improved is their communication uh, after that blow up or that player only meeting or whatever the hell happened at halftime two and a half weeks ago. Um, so they're, they're playing better communication and they're bang, playing better stay in your lane defense. So now you have to look at the individual matchups to kind of get a gauge for where the increased or where the targets are likeliest to flow. And to me, that's Isaiah Oliver on the outside with the, lack of involvement of Tampa Bay's third wide receiver. So Brashad Perriman, that just leads me to believe that they're going to look to get Mike Evans in a mismatch with Isaiah Oliver. Uh, anyway, that's my plug I like on it. Evans this week. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Back to my main dude this week, Chris Conley. Uh, so we know I talked about where Jacksonville is likeliest to attack. They're going to probably start the game trying to run the ball uh, as much as they can. You know, the coach speak out of their camp this week is we got to get, um, get the ball on the ground more. Uh, and I just don't know how long that's going to be able to play out, especially bringing it back with kind of the game theory. If Derrick Henry breaks a long run, uh, which is kind of a good correlation stack here. So fools, everyone's going to be on DJ shark or who, who is going to be targeting this, passing attack is going to be on DJ Shark. Well, now we have to think about the other side of the ball and Tennessee's defense. They got Adoree Jackson, who is going to be back, played last week. He may not see a pure shadow of DJ Shark, uh, but I would expect uh, primarily primarily, uh, we'll be covering DJ Shark. And big thing on Adoree is his numbers, if you look at basically – target percentage or uh, reception percentages allowed isn't uh, over-inspiring, but he's only been targeted 38 times through nine games, and that's just over four targets a game in his coverage, which is just absurd, and that speaks to the tight coverage that he is uh, uh, able uh, to kind of glue onto receivers like that. So I don't like Shark, and where I do like is Chris Conley. Look at his last two weeks. He has bumped up to 88 and 95% snap rate. And he owns a 17.9 yards per reception on the season. So you have that downfield role. You have 
basically a, uh, a likely increased funnel of targets. And he's seen seven, 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 and eight targets over the last four weeks. So likely a scenario already is seven to nine targets. And with the Dory playing uh, primarily against Shark, I think that there's a good opportunity to see double-digit targets for this week. So all that in, kind of all the pieces of the puzzle, I really like Shark. He's going to have zero ownership, and he's priced down at 4.1. What do you think of uh, Patrick at 3.0? So my kind of GPP mindset is I, I – pay less attention to point per dollar. That's kind of a cash game mindset, in my opinion. So we talk about like it's 12 points is 4X at 3.0, but that that's not going to do anything for a GPP winning score. So I want all the guys that I roster to have 25 to 30 point upside, and he simply doesn't have it this week. Gotcha. Um, all right. So uh, what about Odell Beckham Jr.? I am going to be underweight, and the reasoning is Jay, just like J.M. covered in the edge and then again in the angles pod, there's, there's really no clear-cut direction that we can feel comfortable pinpointing where the production is going to come from Cleveland. We know they have a highly concentrated offense right now, so – my kind of going in game plan is to have a piece of the Cleveland offense in every lineup I create, but I'm not going to be overweight on OBJ. There's just, there's just no telling if it's going to be Chubb, if it's going to be Jarvis, if it's going to be OBJ that puts up that slate breaking score. That being said, I do think there will be a slate breaking score from that offense. I just don't think we can really narrow down who that is going to be. Gotcha. Back to Evans, Greg, who's a frequent contributor to the pod, says his concern with Evans is that Oliver is a press corner and Evans is only putting up 60 overall versus press this year. Since bye week, Oliver has been primary press coverage. Godwin matchup is versus Sheffield, who's zone heavy, and Godwin crushes zone. Your That's response. totally valid. Yeah, that's that's totally valid, and I dig digging digging deep into those uh, like higher level statistics because really statistics can be kind of bent to whatever whoever's spewing them out. So that's why I kind of talk about the overall big puzzle. And on a in a game where we can project Tampa to be playing from behind, I think Jameis is going to resort to his basically his safety blanket, which has been Mike Evans. So to me, the likeliest increase in targets in this game is Mike Evans. That's not to say that Chris Godwin is a bad play and all the, you know, statistics, sabermetrics point to him being the play this week. I just think that the raw targets are going to flow through Evans. So Godwin is the kind of guy who is going to see that bankable floor week in and week out. You know, he's hovering around 15 to 20 points every week. But what I'm really searching for this week is that slate-breaking score, and I think it's likeliest to come from Evans. And Evans is the bigger red zone role. I think over the last four weeks he's seen six red zone targets. So I just think that it's likeliest to come from Evans, not to say that Godwin isn't a great play. Yeah, I I love uh, when our listeners uh, tweeted us and – 
get on the line and all that stuff. I'm I'm not feeling that great again today, so uh, bear with me, everyone. Uh, going to try and get to everyone. I want to talk about someone that I like instead of Conley, and it's Taylor Gabriel against the pitiful Giants. Last two weeks, uh, with uh, since uh, Trey Burton went out, uh, Gabriel's been on the field almost every play, 86 and 91%. Um, I, I've heard a lot of people talk about Anthony Miller, and I think Miller is a decent GPP play. But when you look at uh, Gabriel, you're talking 14 targets last week, six the week before, three, six. Uh, he's on the field all the time. He's a speed player. Um, and I like Cohen, and I want someone in that game against uh, the Giants' pretty horrible defense. Uh, I think that Taylor Gabriel, right around the price of Conley, again, very low-owned, is a very interesting play. Do you want? I know you like Conley more, but do you dislike the Gabriel play? In a vacuum, I dislike it, and the reasoning is basically Nagy and Trubisky. So this Chicago team is very much playing down to their competition, so I don't, I don't expect Nagy to remain super or overly aggressive if they are out in a uh, basically if they jump out to a big lead in this game, which I don't even think they will. I think it's going to be a close fought. <laughs> battle between the old Giants and the Bears this week, but I just, I don't, I think I think a lot of people are going to look to that 14 target game and, and plug him in at 4.2 and think that he has some semblance of a floor and I just don't think it's there at all. Yeah, I mean you know, comparing him to Conley, Conley's got 8, 7, 7, and 7 targets the last few weeks, and let's get to the snaps because I figured we would go over it on the show and I didn't need to make a switch before, especially with so much. Yeah. 95 and 88 the last two weeks for Conley. So yeah, I, uh, I could see it. I think Conley probably does have a better floor. And for now, at least I'm going to make the switch. So if you Danny Amendola me again, Mark. (laughs) Oh man, I'm never going to live that one down. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> um, it's uh, it's my fault. I'm the one who who pushed the button. But uh, no, dude. If uh, somebody says something on a pod or a Twitter, you're allowed to be angry at that person nowadays. Oh uh, well, yeah, but I I'm don't like kidding. to encourage kidding, that kind of thought process <laughs> simply because, again, I'm I'm the guy who ultimately pushes the button. And I believe in, you know, you have to, if it, it, it's okay if someone gives you bad information and you find out later and you want to dog them. But if someone's giving you good information and a play just doesn't work, suck it up, buttercup. Um, I mean, and but that being said, you, you know, I'm going to bust your chops just because I can. Um <laughs> So, um, all right, let's look at some of the other wide receiver plays that I really like. I really, you know, Julio. a lot of people are going to play uh, uh, in Keel Harry this week. I'm, I really like uh, Edelman. In a week, you know, 
one, you know, again, it's kind of an NBA theory. You know how sometimes in the NBA, when you've got three or four good players on a team and one of them misses and random guy X comes into the starting lineup and people just jam that guy in. And what ends up happening is it's just one of the two other high uh, usage players just goes completely bonkers because uh, they're, they're, they've got the talent to do it. You know, I haven't liked Inkeel Harry. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right. And, you know, I just think that who, uh, Julian Edelman is, you know, Tom Brady's favorite player. I know a lot of people are on white, but Edelman is a guy that I have a lot of interest in. Thoughts? Yeah, I actually I started the week on Edelman pretty heavily. He was in my initial kind of main build lineup, and I've since come off. One is due to kind of the overall nature of that game. I just don't see really an opportunity for it to turn into a back-and-forth affair or a shootout. I think that both teams are probably going to have stalled-out drives. So what you're looking for is he's got to have red zone efficiency, and he's got to have basically – an increase in targets, which the targets could be there. So now it really comes down to touchdown variance for me. And I don't, at that price, I don't think I want to pay for the positive touchdown variance side. Got it. Uh, can you stay to about five after this week? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, I think that Russell Gage is an interesting play. The week after, he kind of disappointed for the same reasons we liked him last week. I think that, you know, at low ownership, he's a guy to keep on the radar. Um, I think, as we talked about, the Detroit wide receivers are interesting. Uh, let's see. Is there anyone else that we should discuss at wide receiver? Yeah. Uh, it, you know, we've gone long on one. these posi- What's that? You're missing a big one. Which one? Julio. Oh, yeah. Play Julio. I got him in my main build. Um, yeah, all right. Moving let's, on. <laughs> let's move over to tight end now. <laughs> and uh, let, let's move over to tight end now. And, uh, you know, because we are running low on time. Uh, Julio is a stone nuts play. And, uh, you know. I, I think that uh, – and Michael Thomas, if you can find the way to get to him, God bless. Uh, I tried a few different times, but, you know, and I think the only way you can do it is by, you know, doing what Mark's doing this week and having a couple, you know, three lower-priced running backs, and I'm not going to do it. Um, tight end, looks like Darren Waller is going to have ownership. Uh, Zach Ertz is going to have ownership. On the player pool uh, grid, we've got only Tier 3, Ertz, Olsen, and O.J. Howard. It's a really ugly week, Mark, and I'm playing Caden Smith. You know, 2,500, the Giants always throw to the tight end. I have no idea if this guy's any good, Uh, but, you know, I'm going to hope that he gets four or five targets you know, gets me eight to 10 points and hope that, you know, the guys that I pay up for make it worthwhile. So be careful there because reports 
are looking like Scott Simonson is going to serve as the starting tight end. He's more trusted in the run blocking role, uh, but he ha- does have some pass ca- catching chops to him. He so does. I don't know. I don't know if Caden or Simonson is going to lead the tight ends room in snap rate. So it's a kind of weird situation for me. So I actually, I'm, I'm playing Simonson on one of my three main lineups this week. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm open to switching to Simonson. Um, I, I, I've refused to call him Simonson, even if that's his name. Um, <laughs> and, uh, the other guy that I think I that I like in the lower price point is uh, that that no one knows is Jaden Graham at thirty three hundred. Um, you know, it's simply a tight end against Tampa Bay play, and uh, and you know, I, I'm just looking to save money this week. I think if you have the money. Vance McDonald at 3,500 is a very solid play. I know the Daily Roto guys are really on him. And again, my lineup is not finished by any means. So tight end is kind of this week. If you're not going to play Ertz, which I think, you know, with all the injuries there, I think Ertz is really very doable. Uh, but if you're not going to play Ertz, I mean, it really is a crapshoot this week. I think Dallas Goddard yeah. is a reasonable choice. Mike Gesicki, Jacob Hollister, but they're all they're all just very thin. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So this week very much boils down to uh, Mark. Your daughter wants to say she loves you. Yeah. Sorry about that. Thanks no. Have her come, have her come in and say it on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mama got her. Oh uh, no! I, I oh man, that would have been cool. Not better than a little girl's love. <laughs> this this week is very much the one time I'm being serious. Day. You think I'm kidding? Yeah, right. <laughs> I love kids. This week is is the tight end position and the running back position are going to be what makes or break weeks and. I think everyone needs to ask themselves to Ertz or not to Ertz. And to me, I'm getting up to him in one out of three lineups, and I just couldn't in two out of the three. But the one of the three that I'm not getting up to Ertz, I'm playing his teammate, uh, Dallas Goddard, at 3.7. One other guy that I missed at wide receiver was Randall Cobb. I think in the under 5,000 range, he's been getting a lot of targets. He is someone who is interesting. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's go back to tight end. It's a mess. Um, I like Goddard. I always like Goddard. I have about 18% Goddard in best ball. He's a, always a bet on talent play, and I think this week with them being very narrow uh, – you know, the more I think about this going, you know, going up from Smith or, you know, what I do Sunday morning is I, I do the exercise that I've done with our listeners a few times where I just go through each player and floor and ceiling and check out my overall, um, you know, uh, I think Vance McDonald and Goddard are probably 
much safer if you can find the extra money. Let, let's move over to uh, defense. We are running very low on time. Um, the Bears, the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Saints are on the player grid. I mean, the Steelers uh, are tier one. You know, uh, I'm going to play the Bengals, and it's uh, I hate Mason Rudolph play and $2,100 play. Uh, I can't tell you how disgusted I was with me. You know, everyone was so disgusted with uh, Jason Garrett and rightfully so for what he did. But Mason Rudolph is such a punk. I I just can't take it. So um, I'm playing the Bengals and I'm hoping Mason Rudolph throws three picks. And if you're a Mason Rudolph fan, I apologize. Uh, but I still don't like him. Yeah. So it's very it's a very polarizing position defense this week. Same with tight end. You're either paying up for the best on paper play, which for tight end desserts and for defense is clearly the Steelers. Um, if you can't find the money, I actually do really like the Bengals this week uh, at 2.1. And then a little bit higher than the Bengals. I like the Broncos at 2.4. And that is simply for kind of the ugly state that I think that game is going to be. Got it. Um, I don't think we can add much more here, Mark. I wish you the best this week, and uh, hopefully we all have uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick dreams of glory. Um, well, at least <laughs> me. Um, I'll miss you next week, buddy. I hope you have a great time with the family, and thank you so much. Go kiss that daughter. I can't believe how cute she was. I mean, just the fact that she loved you that much that she had to run in and say that. I love it. I support it. And uh, we'll see you next uh, next time you're on. All right, Todd. We'll see you at OWS Nation. All right, guys. Um, that was Mark, his adorable little girl. And uh, we lost one of the uh, phone callers, um, 516. If you're still listening, come back up. You were first, so I'll get to you. Uh, I'm going to go over and take some calls. I don't think JM's coming on. He didn't let me know he was coming on. So we're going to act like he's not. If you do want to call in 646-668-8928. There's been two callers who've been waiting for a while. I'm going to do you first. If no other callers come on, I am going to start reading uh, questions I've gotten. 646-668-8928. But for now, we're going to 772-333. I believe this gentleman has been on the pod before. Welcome back. 772-333. Yes. You're on. 772-333. You're on. Can you hear me? Hello. All right. Sorry about that. Um, I'll try again in a couple minutes. We'll move over to 814-359. You're on the air. Hello. 814-359. You're on the air. So this is working well. All right. I'm going to put him back on hold. I will try each of you again. Let me give... 772, one more try. 772-333, you're on the air.
814-359, last chance. You're on the air. Hello. All right, great radio. So um, I'm going to start going through some questions. Up oh, 617257 just popped up. We'll get you on the air. Uh, hopefully you're here since you just uh, called in. How are you? Hello? I wonder if we're having trouble with the phones. Because this person just called in and I can't hear him. Tweet me if you can hear me, um, 617. All right, so that worked, went well. Uh, let's see. Boy, I got a lot of questions here. Uh, we lost 617. We lost 712. 814, you, you around? All right, so I'm just going to ask answer a couple questions. Uh, we'll go a couple more minutes, and uh, but if you do want to, Call in 646-668-8928. All right. So got some questions from Josh Gordon. Uh, No, they didn't have anything to do with drugs, uh, which is interesting. Seahawks D projected under 5%. LJ ruled out. Philadelphia with uh, percentage terrible without him. And uh, Sachs skyrocketed after he was injured last week. Leverage against the Philly chalk. Does this change of JC out as well? I, I mean, look, I think that's a reasonable play. Um, number two, DGA Fitz. Cleveland has bad DL depth. And with, well, if you're going to ask me if I like Fitz this week, I definitely covered that already. Definitely like Mr. Fitzpatrick this week. In weeks you have strong opinions at low ownership, do you increase your juice on a given slate with this change on slates that are looked at as bad, or do you use that as even more reason to get more money? It it really comes down to leverage. If I feel I have leverage and I feel I've got a team that I feel really strongly about, I play more money. If I have a team that I don't, you know, my main, you know, if I can't find an edge, I don't play as much money. Uh, or I try not to. Sometimes that's a hole in my game and I play the same amount anyway, and it never works out when I do it. Noticed a lot of strong players with good teams last week playing Debo, Arizona defense. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I had Debo in Arizona defense. Thoughts on playing cheap skilled players versus cheap defense in same lineups. Goddard, Seattle defense where Philly is most likely. You know, to me, I don't look at it like um, I I try and make the best overall teams that I can, Uh, top to bottom, mix in floor, ceiling, risk, and ownership. And um, that's, you know, I don't get too much cuter than that. Uh, Hunt versus White versus Sanders. Uh, Sanders is going to be chalkier. Um, Hunt is going to be second chalkiest. White's going to be, all three of them are going to be a little bit chalky, I think. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say that right now I'm liking Hunt the most. 
But I, I like all three of them. I just don't love any of them. Uh, Chark versus Moore, if ML in or out, I'm not sure. I can't even, I don't know who ML is off the top of my head. Sorry. Uh, current lineup, do I like it? Uh, you can't give me, oh, okay. You can't give me some. Uh, yeah, it's a reasonable lineup. Uh, good luck this week, uh, Mr. Gordon. Uh, let's see. If you're going to call in, 646-668-8928. If not, I'm going to keep trying to find some questions here. Um, SF Musser, Atlanta tight end. What are we talking about? Uh, currently sitting with Kamara, Henry, and Hunt. Just nervous that Chubb gets more than his share. Well, if you listen to Mark, I mean, if this game's a blowout, I think you're going to see more Chubb than Hunt, and this game could be a blowout. So um, I think that's, uh, that's you know, something to be worried about. Uh, you're welcome, Josh Gordon. Uh, let's see. So bad it hurts. That was a pretty good joke today. I'm sure I've gotten some more questions, but I'm having trouble finding them today. I didn't have my normal uh, prep time this week uh, to get ready for the pod with uh, not feeling all that good. Let's see. Anything else? Anything else? Well, we had three calls. None of them actually were there uh, to talk to me, and I felt very lonely. Um, all right. So is there anything else I want to talk about for a couple minutes? I don't think there really is. I think this is an ugly slate. I think be careful with your investment if you don't feel good about it. Um, I think it's a real easy week to, to – to, uh, Find ownership plays that are I, – I really think that's the advantage this week. I really think that there's some pretty good ownership plays this week. Uh, mixing them in, you know, finding that floor-to-ceiling, finding a set of contests that fit the way that you want to play I think is important. And uh, let me just take one more look to see if I can find – and go to my notifications. That's where I forgot to look. Uh, Brian Altman, I'm thinking about using both Cleveland running backs. That's one before in a GPP. Do you think that's a good opportunity? The key to that strategy is getting them low price. These guys are too expensive for a, for a player group. Uh, off the board with Latavius. I think he'll get more carries this week against the bad Carolina Rutsch defense. You know, I didn't even look at Latavius's salary. Let me take a quick look. I think the problem is going to be, yeah, he's 6,100. So you think about if you get, if you're right, what's he going to get you? 20 points. Can you really see him giving you 30 I mean, if you're going to go off the board, you, you want to have the opportunity to get five or six X. And I think that that's not going to happen with Latavius this week. So that, that one's a little too cute for me. Um, watch it be a slate winner and you hate me. But uh, let's see. 
Uh, Scooby, W. Scooby, how important is it to stack or semi-stack in cash games? Uh, for instance, I have Ryan at quarterback and go with Ridley or Devontae Adams, leaning towards Adams. I, I talk about this a lot in my best ball strategy. If you've got the two guys, and I see 248, I'm going to try and get to you in a second, 248-495. If you've got got, uh, two guys really close, right, I will use things like that as a tiebreaker. You know, like to put it in in, uh, uh, best ball terms, If I've got one guy as a sixth-round pick uh, and the other one is a late sixth-round pick, I'll I'll, I'll stack because that supercharging of the stack has a chance to to get you further. Um, Maybe even early seventh round, I would take an early seventh-round pick over a a mid-round sixth or even an early sixth round. But I'm not going to take an eighth-round pick and put him in to the sixth round just to stack. Same thing in DFS. If I like both guys, you know, if I've got them on the same tier, yeah, I'm absolutely going to stack the two. If I, and and I agree with you, I like Devontae Adams more than Ridley. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do the stack. I think uh, naked uh, Ryan is actually interesting. Two, four, eight, four, nine, five. Are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. What's your name? My name is Chris. Hi, Chris. What can I do for you? Hey, I had a question for you, and I'm sorry. I just jumped on. I've been out at dinner tonight, so if you answered this already, I apologize. But um, I was wondering your thoughts on Paul Richardson this week. So I, I'm thinking about playing Driscoll and uh, stacking him with, you know, even Mar- either Marvin Jones or someone, you know, doing doing a stack with him. But um, the Lions, I'm from the Detroit area, and the Lions seem to struggle with the number two wide receiver all year. So I don't trust Haskins to get McLaurin the ball, and I don't think I trust Richardson, but – He's coming back this week from injury. I haven't heard anyone talking about it. I want to run it back with someone. What are your thoughts? Um, I have a lot of Paul Richardson in best ball, and it obviously hasn't worked out. Um, <laughs> guys coming back from injury always worry me. Um, I, I don't love it. I, I, I got to be honest. Uh, if I'm running back Driscoll, I'm going to run him back with guys. And uh, or McLaurin, and um, okay. you know my rule. You know I I I've always felt that Paul Richardson is a talented play, but we're talking two years now in Washington without doing anything. I think it's too thin, even for G. You know maybe if I if I if I'm you know playing forty lineups and I feel like it's a decent play, that's the kind of play I'd put in one or two lineups. If I'm playing 10 lineups, I, I don't see how I play him. Um, that would be my answer. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Have a great night. Good luck tomorrow. Yeah, you too. I, I, and if you play it, let me know how it goes. Uh, all right. Uh, 814-359, you're back on. Uh, can you hear me this time? 
just not. Um, 612-419, you're on the air. 612-419, can you hear me? Hello? I hear you. Do you hear me? I don't know why. If you think, uh, if you've called in and you've got a question, spit her out. Oh, hung up. Oh, well. All right. Uh, so that uh, that's it for that phone call. Uh, 646-668-8928. I'm going to take one more look over at uh, notifications, see if I missed anyone. I hate to do bad radio where I'm not talking, but I also like to find everyone who has questions. All right, that's going to do it. Um, 814, I'm going to try you one last time. You on the air? Maybe he's that's the only way he can listen. I don't know. Anyway, that's gonna do it. Um oh, John Graff just wrote at me. Every time I think I'm almost out. OJ Howard taking a chance. Right now I am taking a chance on him in season long, but not DFS. All right, that's going to do it, folks. I want to thank everyone for uh, listening, contributing, calling. It's a tough week, uh, but, you know, hopefully one of us wins a bunch of money and feels really good about it. Uh, 617, one last chance. You, you there. Hello. Hi. You're on. Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my call, Chris, from... Weymouth outside of Boston. I know where Weymouth is. Oh, really? Yeah, I used to cover up uh, my old job. I'd go up to Mass a couple times, four or five times a year. What can I do you for? Uh, so I was thinking, so I heard that you said a few minutes ago about the stack. So when you say you would run someone like Matt Ryan naked, that means you're not gonna, you wouldn't run with, you would a non-stack. You would run just Matt Ryan, maybe no Julio Jones, no Calvin Ridley. Well, I think you can. I I think. All right. So typically, people stack with one pass catcher. Sometimes they 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 uh, do it with two. Naked typically is best when you either can't decide on who is going to get the action, like what, uh, but, uh, but more, but I honestly, it's not good process to do naked unless it's a running quarterback and Matt Ryan isn't. So I would be, I would, you know, I would most likely play one, maybe two. You know, you want to throw Gage in as the second one to kind of mix it up. But even if you just play uh, Ryan with two pass catchers, you're getting ownership on that stack in the 5% range about. 
So uh, mm-hmm. you're pretty, different, pretty differentiated with a double stack in a tournament. I uh, hope that helps. It does help. Thank you very much, Todd. I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. You have a great day. All right, folks, um, that's going to do it. And uh, looking forward to uh, hopefully posting some screenshots uh, this week. So uh, let's see how it goes. And uh, I'll be back next week, and I'll see you later.